0: All right, guys, we want you to imagine something, if you would. Let's say that you buy a lottery ticket every week.
1: Make sure the gas station or convenience store that you'd pick it up from. You walk in, write down your lucky numbers, and you get your ticket from the clerk.
0: And then later that day, you learn that you actually won. Not the big jackpot, but, hey, $50,000, not too bad.
1: Man, I would like 50K out of the blue.
0: Same here, but that is not the end of our experiment. Because we want you to imagine now that this entire scenario happened again a few months later. And then a third time just a few months after that.
1: The odds of that seem nearly impossible, right? Well, it might
0: seem like it. But this did actually happen to a guy in Waldorf, Maryland. He won three $50,000 lottery prizes using the same numbers each time, no less. It's according to an Odyssey report. But it really made us wonder what the odds of something like that happening are.
1: And whether gamblers have statistics on their side at all. So Mike talked to Robert Davis, associate professor and chair of the Department of Statistics at Miami University in Ohio.
0: I am your host, Mike Rogers, and this is Something Offbeat.
2: We talk a lot about the lottery in our introductory stats class because it's an application that everyone knows about and everyone's interested in.
0: It's true. We do lottery stories all the time, and people can't get enough of them. That's why we're looking into this particular story about the guy who won the lottery three times with the same numbers. What are the chances of that?
2: So, the odds of winning in a given play of this game, you're generating a five digit number, right? So, 73219. Well, if you think about it, that means that every number between a number that's five zeros to 99999 is available, and that's 100,000 numbers. And so that means that in a given play, uh, you've got a one in 100,000 chance of having the right number combination. Now, keep in mind, the prize is $50,000. So you're really playing a a game where you have a one in 100,000 chance to win, that means if it was going to be fair, you should get $100,000 if you win. So that that is one thing to keep in mind, is that the odds are low, but occasionally you have someone beat them, and then you have someone like this guy who spectacularly beat them.
0: Now, one in 100000 already seems like a long shot, but how do you calculate the ridiculous odds of this guy in Maryland winning again
2: and again? So if you look at the chance of him winning three times— it's a bit of a more complicated question. Um, I believe the article said that he bought essentially two tickets a week that he considered himself a regular player. And so if you just say, what are the chances that I win on three given tickets? Like, I'm just going to play three times. What's the chance that they all win? Well, it, with probability, you could show that would be one over 100,000 cubed, which is one over a quadrillion. And it's, it's almost impossible for humans to, for us to even think about how big that number is. So one way to think about it is there are 31 and a half million seconds in a year. And a quadrillion in seconds would account for uh, a little over 317,000 centuries. That's over
0: 30 million years. That's getting back to dinosaurs roaming the earth. So this is a very long time.
2: So asking what are the chances you win on three individual tickets is kind of the wrong question. If you say, "Okay, I'm going to buy two tickets a year for 50 weeks. And what's the chance I win at least three times on my hundred tickets? Now your chance rises to one in six point two trillion, which is still tiny. But the other thing to think about is there could be more players like this guy. There could be, you know, multiple players who buy two tickets a week for the entire year. So if you say there's 500,000 people who do that, then the chance that at least one of them wins at least three times goes all the way to one in 12,500. Now that's still a small probability. And so that's why it makes the newspaper. (laughs) So any assumption that you make, it's a very small probability.
0: And the incredible thing to me about this is that he played
2: the same numbers each time. Do most people do that? So I think most people tend to have numbers well, you've got you've got uh, you've got the people who just have the computer generate their numbers. So there's no telling what numbers they're going to get. But you do have people who are sentimental and will play birthdays, anniversaries, that sort of thing. You know, so if I was going to use my birthday, my wife's birthday and my daughter's birthday. Well, actually, that's a problem because one of the numbers would match. Uh, suppose I used my birthday, my wife's birthday and our wedding anniversary. Then I would play three, four, five, eleven, twenty three and twenty four. And so those might be the numbers that I consider lucky for me. I'm happily married. So yes, I do consider those numbers lucky for me. Um, So yeah, I think a lot of people would just play the same numbers over and over.
0: I've heard that it's bad luck to play birthdays because you're
2: limiting yourself to numbers 30 and under. Well, so which numbers you pick has no impact on your chance of winning. Every sequence is just as likely as every other sequence. But in this particular game that that this man was playing, it wouldn't matter because the jackpot is 50,000. That's what you win, no matter how many other people play and win. But if you have a a lottery where the jackpot accumulates over time, and then what you do is you win the jackpot, however big it is, then you don't want to pick certain numbers because you want to avoid your chance of having to split the lottery with other winners. So if you know that people are going to pick birthdays, then you should make sure. So for instance, in New Jersey, they have a pick six game. You pick six numbers between one and 46. So if you want to lower your chance of splitting with someone, make sure you pick a, a couple of numbers that are over 31. Again, all numbers are equally likely, but instead of picking our, our birthdays and an anniversary, I could pick our birthdays and then I could just pick 40 and 43, just to have some numbers that aren't birthdays.
0: You yes. are right. And and I, I had forgotten about this. Statistically speaking, I mean, you're just as likely to win with one, two, three, four, five as you are with any other kind. Right, right. And
2: and people don't understand that either. Every number in, in, if you look at picking six numbers from one to 46, every sequence has the exact same likelihood. And so another way you could avoid your chances of having to split the jackpot is if you picked one, two, three, four, five, six, because everyone's going to look at that sequence and say, that's not random. But the fact is, it's it can be hard to identify what it means for a sequence to be random. Um, there's about nine and a half million combinations in that New Jersey pick six game. And one, two, three, four, five, six is the same one in nine and a half million shot that every other sequence is. So if you want to avoid splitting, you could pick one, two, three, four, five, six. And then the only people you'll have to split with are the people who listen to this podcast with you, and, and you would like to share with them because they're obviously right-minded people.
0: Oh, well, where's my checkbook? Oh. <laughs> and yes, I still write checks. Tell me this, when you have a situation, and I know this has happened with a couple of these huge jackpots in Powerball and Mega Millions, where the jackpot exceeds the number of possible combinations, the, the odds of winning statistically speaking, if you had the time and the money, you could buy a ticket with every possible combination on it and guarantee yourself a chance of winning, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, what, what you have to avoid is splitting. So let's just say hypothetically that the jackpot is $10 million in whatever lottery you're playing. And let's say the jackpot has a one in, you have a one in 8 million chance of winning. If you could, for instance, write a program to buy all of those eight million combinations. In theory, you could spend 8 million to guarantee yourself that you win 10 million. There's a couple of flaws in that reasoning. One is taxes. So you win 10 million, you're not gonna see 10 million. But even if you assume away the technology problem of buying all 8 million combinations, and you assume away taxes, if you spend 8 million to win 10 million, but then you have to split, now you've spent 8 million and you've won 5 million, and whoever are your members of your syndicate that provided you with the capital, Uh, They're going to
0: be very unhappy with you. Lauren, are you a gambler?
1: No, I'm, I'm not. Sometimes I'll buy a lottery ticket when the jackpot gets huge. And I had some friends who used to love going to casinos, but I was more in it for the martinis than the gambling. How about you?
0: Same. I'll play the lottery. That's fine. And the occasional poker game with friends, but those big casinos... I'm sorry, I'm just not into going home broke and reeking of cigarette smoke.
1: I don't blame you. But I was able to round up some interesting facts about gambling. Well, let's hear them. Well, for starters, do you know when the first modern lottery started in the U.S.?
0: I have no clue, but I'll bet you know.
1: Oh, that's good. You'd win on that bet. It was 1964 in New Hampshire. The results of that first lottery were based on a horse race, according to the North American Association of State and Provincial Lotteries. Gallup polls have found that around half of Americans play state lotteries, and last November, a man in Pasadena, California, won the largest lottery jackpot to date. I read in the New York Times that it totaled more than $2 billion.
0: You know, lotteries aren't the only way to gamble, though. Like your friends, a lot of people like to take their chances at casinos or gaming cafes.
1: Yeah. The American Gaming Association said in February that 84 million adults visited casinos in 2022. Commercial gaming revenue actually reached a record high of $60 billion last year.
0: What do I have a better chance of? Pulling a slot machine and winning a million dollars or winning a million dollars in the lottery?
2: I would have to look at specific slot machines to come up with a computation. What I can say is there's a very important concept in probability called an expected value. And the way this works is you compute what kind of average value you would obtain over over many, many runs. So if I played the lottery many, many times, what would my average payout be? My average financial benefit, because you have to factor in the cost of a ticket. So for instance, if you pay me $1, and then I let you roll a six-sided die, and if you roll a six, I pay you back $6, that's a fair game. Because you've paid me a dollar, but you have a one in six chance of winning $6. And so it's fair to both parties. But If I say, okay, you can roll this die, and on a six, I'm only going to pay you back $4. Now the game favors me, because you're not going to get back enough on those occasions when you win to make up for all the dollars you paid to play the game. So the one thing about both lotteries and slot machines is the expected value almost always favors the house. And I say almost because there is one caveat, which I'll get to in a minute. But every gambling game, the expected value favors Las Vegas. Right. And that's why they can build uh, fountains in the desert while I just live in a regular house, because I'm not smart enough to outsmart those folks. But there is an exception. The one exception is there are slot machines called progressive slots, and they network these across a bunch of casinos. And so every time anyone pumps a quarter or a dollar or whatever the wager is into them, the jackpot grows. And in those cases, with those progressive slots, the jackpot can eventually get bigger than your odds of winning. So maybe the chance of winning is one in 40 million and the jackpot's 43 million. Now you do have a positive expected value. The problem is you're probably going to either die of old age or run out of capital before you get to that one in 40 million times that you actually hit the winning combination on the slot machine.
0: So if the odds are so low in games of chance, why do people keep playing?
2: It's a question of enjoyment, right? Right. I mean, if if I have some spare money, what I'm probably going to spend it on is either going to a sports event or eating at a nice restaurant. But if people get a charge out of playing a slot machine or playing the roulette wheel or whatever game they like in a casino, that's up to them. I think the key is when I go buy a nice dinner or go to a sporting event, I'm using spare income to do that. So I feel like you know, if you want to go to a casino and blow money that you can afford to blow, then fine. And sometimes you will get lucky, right? My wife and I have rarely gone to casinos, but one time when we did, she put a quarter in a slot machine and she won like $75 immediately. And we just thought it was funny. We were only going because some friends were going and wanted us to go with them.
0: What about games in which there is a certain amount of skill involved, say poker, would you be better off playing poker than playing the lottery?
2: I think that is wholly dependent on your skill level relative to the people that you're competing with, right? Like I do reasonably well when I play poker with friends, but I'm sure that if I were to jump into a game with Phil Ivey and Daniel Negreanu, and you can look those gentlemen up, but they're great poker players, they're world-renowned poker players. You know, I don't have any doubts that my money would get taken. It would still be fun. I'm sure I would learn something, but I wouldn't put down money I could not afford to lose in something like that for sure.
0: I would not want to play poker with you.
2: So I have the advantage of knowing the odds, right? And and that's a that's a big advantage, but. I haven't studied it enough. And the other thing is that people like Phil Ivey and Daniel Negreanu, these great poker players are also very tuned into the other players. And so when I play, I'm focused on my cards and I'm guessing what hands the other players might have. But I'm not going to notice if you scratch your right ear every time you have a big hand, right? I'm just not that observant. Whereas those kind of players don't miss anything. So yeah, you might not want to play poker with me, but there's plenty of guys that I don't want to play poker with either. Let me ask you this. Do you play the lottery? Uh, I do not. It's funny. At one point in my career, I was working in an office with four or five other statisticians, and it wasn't the best place to work where we were. So of all the people to chip in and buy lottery tickets, we each threw in a couple of bucks a week and bought in the Ohio. At that time, it was pick six out of 47. So the odds of winning are a little under one in 11 million or right around one in 11 million. Yeah, so it was just really kind of ironic that you've got five or six statisticians who know better pooling their money to buy lottery tickets. But it was a case where we didn't like the job that much. And so again, there was this sort of escapist fantasy aspect to it. But we only played for a couple of months and and we never won. So <laughs> so I had to keep finding a, a I had to move and find a job I liked better instead. I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks for
0: listening to Something Off Beat. This episode, written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake, with audio editing by Chris Blake, original music by Myron Kaplan, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. And to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, we'd love to hear about it. Send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey, at A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com.